Today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. We recently joined as a member and you can too. Apply today to become a member and immediately be connected with advertisers that fit your audience. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot CEO. Don't forget to add the two-on-one podcast in the how did you hear about Podgo section of your application. Now get ready for the rest of the episode. Lads, we are back. Yep. <laughs> Hi, guys. Before we move on, um, I, I got this message, I think, oh, from you guys. Started. I know. Yeah, we're not uh, moving on anywhere. Yeah, we got a bit of a message. I don't know. Um, we were told not to talk about this topic. I don't know. It was... Something in the oh. notes. I, I, I don't know. I was kind of tired last night, oh. but you, you put something about Chris Paul and the Phoenix Suns. I don't know. I know they lost to the Spurs last night, but I will not, you know, delve into it. You had me first. So I was about to get really, really mad. It's you- like that meme. You know, the meme where it's the football player. And he goes, you got us. He got us. They got yeah. us in the first yeah. half. Yeah. yeah. And then, uh, no. Yeah. You, yeah. Know you know who's good? Steph Curry. That's yeah, I hear. I, that's what I heard, too. Yeah. Saw Will tweet about it. <laughs> Not mm. any of the other wills we know. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of wills we have. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Will- Not the written one, but, you know, actual people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Guys, uh, it's really weird doing this show after the trade deadline because it just feels like nothing's happening anymore and we're all just kind of waiting to get to the playoffs. That but- is true. And that's about less than a month away. Yeah, I'm really, I actually really, really like this shortened season, not the schedule itself and how condensed it is, but I can't do 82 games. Like, I think I've watched all but maybe half of a Habs game, but like in 82, there just gets to a point where like, I just, I can't do it. Like, you know, the, like the last Habs game I didn't watch at least 55 minutes of was probably their last game against the Sens. But I mean, like, we need to enough of the eighty-two game stuff. No more, please. Really? You know what I, I can hate... see them doing? Don't... And and they talk about this. They they've I've heard them talk about this in baseball. They, yeah, I was they gonna cut, mention that they they cut down the regular season, but they do it. They do a uh, play in play in games. I didn't like that, and I'll give you my reason for that. And it's a very uh, specific biased opinion. <laughs> okay. Why? Because of the condensed season last year, which they didn't want to do this year, in the National League, they had a designated hitter for the first time. I really do not like that. I I think that if you're going to field, if you're going to play, you should also bat. Pitchers should bat. I agree. Also better for strategy. I love it. Yeah? Yeah. I just, I mean, not play-ins. I like the playoffs the way they are. It's just, you know, just don't have 82 games. You don't need it. I mean... You know, it always sucks too whenever, um, you know, the Raptors and especially when the Blue Jays start playing if you're a hockey fan, because all Sportsnet then broadcast is Jay stuff. And it's like, okay, I got to go to the French channels in order to watch Alex Ovechkin play. And it's like, it's the money, the revenue. 
Okay, I understand that. It's and they just, own it, yeah. It's either I have to find other means of watching it yeah, or think- NHL TV, which costs more than my internet and my TV combined. The tragedy of I, hockey sometimes yeah, I, when I it comes to revenue. I think it's more that they own it. Yeah. Also, uh, also basketball. It's been. I mean, yeah, it's been Brian Huming up to. Shout out to Dan Berlin talking to me about that about the increase in basketball revenue. Berlin Wall. We, we should have him on the show. Dan Berlin. Yeah. Absolutely nice guy. So we got a few things to talk about today on the show. Not a lot, like absolutely not a lot, but we'll make it work. So I guess to start is a story that we were trying to, you know, shine some light on earlier. Patrick Marlowe has tied Gordie Howe's NHL games played record at 1,767. Well, I was looking at them both, right? And like just comparing how each player did it. Patrick Marlowe, I don't think probably missed more than 12 games ever in a season. Gordie Howe, of course, the schedule was a little different back then, but on all the different decades he played in. Just so much respect for Patrick Marlowe. Fans do not truly appreciate games played, but us here at the 201 Podcast, we really do, Daniel. Yeah, um, I tweeted through the podcast that I joked at Leafs legend Patrick Marlowe, but honestly, like he's a respected guy. He's someone that he's forever going to be known as a shark. I love them on the Olympic teams, but... I know it just it, it hurt in the end, but to have a guy of that character, of that respect, really of that skill that he still put up in this first season with the Leafs, I love that he was in Toronto. I like that you know there was a bit more of just more media focus on him f- for me to like actually really get to know the guy a lot more. Like I know that there were they had the family aspects of it, but you know the way Toronto media is, they delve right into it, and I really liked him. I really like even now that he he's he's back with the sharks for a third time that it just it just fit and you know congrats to him by the way um it's it's kind of crazy his speed is still there yeah but the scoring coach isn't um alex patrick yeah i i just pulled up uh his regular season stats i'm looking now he hasn't missed assuming it's a full 82 game schedule so let's not count 2012 13 and last season he's he's always played more than 70 games Uh, he's been under 75 games once consistency is there eh yeah and and it's great like he's he's been such an uh impactful player for such a long time and i think we forget that because I, the down, the down, it went downhill, but like, we have to remember number one, he played a lot. And like this guy, he could, he was very skillful. Like you said before, it might not be there now, but it was there. Like you don't become a second overall pick for nothing. Also. He is 41 by the way. Yes. And he's doing this without his treasured RBK skates. You're going to have to explain that for people who don't know. Okay, so there is these skates that he used to always... Like, apparently, he used to buy them in bulk. And um, they told they told him that they're discontinuing it. Oh. So he bought, like, I think 30 pairs of it. 
And I think midway through his second season with the Leafs, like he's like he was down to his last pair of it that he had to change them. Fifteen seasons with at least twenty goals, by the way, for Patrick Marlowe. Five hundred and sixty-six goals, eleven hundred and ninety-six points. Hopefully he can get to twelve hundred. That'd be pretty sick. No individual hardware when it comes to NHL play, which is a little weird. But yeah, gold medals are in there. Um, probably a Hockey Hall of Famer. I don't think he's a first ballot, but he'll be there. He'll be there pretty soon. Seriously, oh, the most games played in NHL history. He'll break the record soon. Yeah, tomorrow. Tomorrow. And uh, just good for him. Patrick Marlowe. And yeah, I saw you tweet that Leafs legend thing. And I, 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 was almost, I almost took it down because like, I don't disrespect the disrespect to San Jose here is incredible. But I was like, no, we'll, we'll, we'll let the joke stand here. We'll let the joke stand here. You know what else is a bit of a joke? The fact that we had to wait like three weeks to get the second race of the Formula One season. We're going to spend a little <laughs> team time on this. We'll go back to hockey in a minute. But earlier today was the Imola Grand Prix. Congratulations to Max It's Verstappen. Verstappen for winning... I think his first race ever in Italy because he's just been cursed there. Yeah. And credit to Lewis Hamilton. His own yeah. mistake brought him down to ninth, but fights all the way back up to second place, third for Leclerc, four and five for the Ferraris. And you know, they're going to love bringing home those points. A messy Grand Prix that started off with a bit of rain, a bit of a wet track, and nothing's quite as entertaining as a wet Formula One race. I'm very surprised it rained, by the way, just because it was it, it was on the forecast, but that doesn't mean anything. Formula One on the forecast, and it's, just like, so it's not going to happen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> like it's just, it's like it was. A, it was really entertaining, and then obviously, the red flag in the middle of the race um, caused uh, not necessarily a reset, but it's like there was so much momentum, and then you'd think that it would reset, but it didn't. It just kept going. The mm-hmm. momentum continued from from the start from the start again and and there's it just it was unfortunate like gasly was up there as well in the first part and then he fell back those tires they had him on wets to start no no it was unfortunate but there, there was a lot of it, i think it's going to be a fascinating uh fascinating season for a couple reasons number one i, I don't know what's going on at aston martin it's quite funny that Seb did not have a great race. He had a lot of issues. Eh? How, the ta- how the tables have turned, by the way. Yeah. Remember, no, remember no, no. Se- remember last season when they all complained, Alex, how, how they complained that, um, Oh, you know, we weren't copying the car and now uh, their car's not great. Alex. Yes. You didn't say it. What? Well, 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 how the turntables. Oh, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> You know who, by the way, like uh, Lando got driver of the day. I think he deserved it. Another guy, five pit stops, still finishes in the points for Esteban Ocon. Feel like he, very quiet race, but at the same time, I think he definitely deserved that. Like, I think he he deserved the point today. Yeah. And Uh, um, I didn't even realize he had five pit stops. I saw the the graphics. Holy. Seb had six. I feel really bad for Mick Schumacher. 
that he like lost his wing like at the pit at pit exit and had to do two extremely slow behind safety car or is it like yellow? I think it was a safety car laps just without his wing, just praying that the pit stop will open so we can go in and get a new wing. Felt really. And by the way, shout out Nikita Mazepin spinning again. You love to see it. It also it also sucks that he has to drive for that team. It it does. It does. Um, Another good thing about Formula One is we're going to talk about it a bit more this Wednesday because we have a guest coming. Mm. Guess we're going to talk about the Habs, Formula One, the North Division on, on the North Division. Which, yeah. if you don't like hearing about the North Division, that sucks because um, listen, how it works around. If here. you've come this far and now you've decided you don't like the North Division, what have you been listening? To? Why have you been listening to us? That's I mean, what, half of what we talk about. We had a good balance about the West Division. I don't know. No, I we know. Have, we have some sympathies, some sentiment there, you know? I know. Yeah. Is it, we only really focus on the West. We just kind of see that St. Louis are struggling, and then there's like, ah. Mm. Mm. And the call of the wild. I love it. That's okay. Fair enough. We're not naming the episode Call of the Wild. Okay. The I tried to We're try to emphasize that one. Okay. The so, ducks will rise again. There is another example. Once they figure out what exactly they are. And then go when they learn to fly, like together. the Foo Fighters, when they learn to fly together, yes. fly together. Well, I'll tell you who's not flying together in one: the Canucks and the media. First off, the Canucks are playing tonight. They will be playing the Leafs. We're going to talk about that a little later, and how I don't have a good feeling about the Canucks tonight. Um, originally, they were going to come back earlier in the week, I think it was, but they only had what? one practice after missing a ton of time, more than New Jersey, more than Buffalo, more than any other team that has been shut down due to COVID. They have missed more time. So basically, the Canucks are like, hey, we need more than a damn practice here. And I'm going to read you a tweet here from Patrick Johnson. The, sorry, they were supposed to play uh, last night against the Leafs. It got pushed today. Mm-hmm. So Patrick Johnson is a Canucks reporter for Province Sports and the Vancouver Sun. Um, his, uh, his Twitter bio says a fool who doesn't run the Canucks and he's a member of the PHWA. That's the Pro Hockey Writers Association. Here's a little statement. Uh, the tweet itself reads, statement from the Vancouver chapter of the PHWA. WA about the Vancouver Canucks to hold closed practices ahead of their return to play in violation of the NHL's own media regulations. For three days, you know, when Twitter, when you bring up a picture, there's the X to close it and it just happens to cover the first word you're trying to, you love to say it. For three days, the Vancouver Canucks have been in violation of the National Hockey League's media regulations, which are, hold on, I don't know, in the collective bargain, it's part of the collective bargaining agreement between the league and its players. Simply put, when a team practices, media are to be allowed to access to view practices. The Canucks have not been allowing media to view practices, claiming privacy concerns, also suggesting that media would not be taking into consideration the difficulty of the te- um, the difficulties the team's players might be having in recovering from COVID-19, which recently infected nearly every player on the team. Such an implication is insulting, especially given Vancouver media was united in its criticism of the return to play schedule the league was originally asking the players to undertake. 
with a minimum practice time before playing two games in two nights, all coming off the back of the players being off the ice for nearly two weeks while they recovered from a devastating respiratory illness. Now, this is something I really don't like, guys. It takes them this long to say this bit. And we all know the saying, we're all journalism students here, Daniel's almost graduated. There's that kind of saying about how people only read the first three paragraphs. This is the one, two, three, four, fifth line down. I want it was not fifth line, but fifth block of text. The Vancouver media, suffice it to say, has a great deal of sympathy for the players and the demands they're being placed on them. With a regular season game scheduled for Sunday afternoon, Saturday morning would have been the only opportunity to see how the team was preparing for their return to play action. The public has great interest in understanding how and why a professional sports team is recovering from an illness that has been affecting lives for more than a year now. This has been a difficult season for all concerned. The players have been asked to accept restrictions on their lives. There have been no fans in the building. Until the last few days, the Canucks were to be commended for the openness in which they treated this story, which saw them as an unfortunate example in what is a growing health crisis in our community. Time and time again, the underlying threat that COVID-19 poses for everyone. Boopity, 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 boop. And the rest of that doesn't really matter. The last sentence I will read you, though. It is also important to note that the presence of the PHWA of PHWA members at a practice at the start of the outbreak is a key reason why the story has been told accurately from the beginning. Okay. There is one thing that in our time studying journalism, I have never quite I think no one will ever agree on what is public interest, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I will say this, though, before I hand it over to you guys. Um, I, as a member of the public, do not have that much of an interest about the Canucks practice. All I normally get from a practice is lines, who is scratched. We will find that out before the game happens. I think if the Canucks who are going through a very difficult time right now, don't want the media there, whether like uh, their own reasons, whether it is, I don't know. They want to just focus on it. They don't want to have to do media. I completely understand that. Um, And I want to remind everyone, this is not the first time that the pro um, pro hockey rags association has had a bit of a, Bad timing, I say, with posts concerning their rights as media. We had this around about about the time when it was they were barred from doing interviews in the locker room. They had a really, really bad timing post about saying, we will accept this, but we do have our rights and we will get the chance to work in the locker room in the future. I am so not on side with the Pro Hockey Writers Association on this. That's my take. I'd love to hear your guys's. Um. I think, I mean, clearly that's a PR statement, right? Um, Not a good one either. I mean, what, how many PR statements, right? Like it's not a great PR statement, but most PR statements in this scenario are are, are never going to be good. Um, I I think it's public interest for a couple reasons. Um, Number one is the government's in province, in some provinces and federally have decided they're going to play hardball with professional sports um, in terms of 
restrictions, but when it comes to the public, they play a completely di- like their citizens, they play a completely different game. So I'd like to know, like they've been through this. So why, why, why are they being hardballed, but we're not being hardballed um, mm-hmm. is one thing. Number two is the way the NHL and the NHLPA have handled this situation is an utter mess um, because you're like, there's no reason they should have only had one practice and played the next game. Mm -hmm. And to say that having two practices or three practices and then playing only pushing the game a day later uh, doesn't make sense to me because that something doesn't add up. So what condition are the players in? Like if JT Miller did not say anything, and I don't know if we're going to get to this now or you want to get to this later, but if JT Miller didn't say anything, that game was still happening on Saturday. I don't know what the role, like for two weeks in a row, it feels like the PA has had, uh, the NHL PA has had horrible press, horrible press. Um, And because no one is being very transparent with why they are playing, the I haven't heard a single thing from the NHL saying, well, we pushed it back a day and the doctor said this. I, In my mind, I think it's an, in it's in the public's interest or the fans interest i guess because to know what condition are these players in and should they be playing and i know we tend to think it's just line rushes but i think in this scenario it's a little bit different daniel yeah i really believe that this is kind of this whole thing that i it just become a bit of a mess that in a way that it's been really kind of it's, it's turned out to be, and I agree with like a lot of the parts that you and Alex have said that it's just, it's just a lot of push and pull on so many sides. But at the same time, when we think about our own unique, I guess, perspective in it as journalism students, as hockey fans, you know, but we're still within the public realm of things. It's like, we, there's so, there's so many things we don't know. There's so many things that, nothing is nothing is being disclosed or anything because again when we look back on what JT Miller said like he, you know we we saw the one statement where it was it was the Brazil variant and that's one that Canada is not really unsure about right now they they have the vaccines but they're really kind of unsure like how long will this kind of go on like you know fighting it or if the uh if what are the long-term effects of these things and it's just really interesting to me when you think about a lot of the reductions on these things i know they had the whole isolation it it, and the quarantine it went down to seven days but for me it's just like jumping headlines with a lot of things where you saw everybody was sick you had all those comments online where everybody was struggling with it everybody was and um travis green today spoke about that and it was a very um i don't blanket statement where people asked, how is he feeling? Um, and he said, I wanted to return the be- to the bench. Um, I feel better. I wouldn't be here if I couldn't do it. But like, you know, I don't know. It's something that just, it just kind of doesn't, doesn't bode well with me because it just, it's like 21 players were sick. And this was a week ago where they said that they were, they were feeling the symptoms still. They were worried about their own families. And then now it's, okay, you know, we're pushed the game one, one day, one day back. It's like nothing is going to change in the long term with the Canucks and the media. Like, no, that's not going to happen. If I'm, this is the way I like looking at this, right? 
if I was sick and like if, if I want the media to back off me for these, what might be the most important practicing time of the Canucks season? I'm sick. I'm trying to deal with this in my own way. So are my teammates. My health is none of your business. Now, saying a player is on COVID list and that, that's the way it has to work. I get that. But it's just me, the way I'm, I want to side with the players here because if it was me in that scenario, I would do the same thing. I just don't, I don't get why the PHW, I always get mixed up. I don't get why the writers had to say this in the first place. I really don't get it. I don't think anyone is taking issue with by them. Even if it is PR, you just make yourself look so much worse here. And the fact that, and we all know how deliberate placement is in writing, that you waited until the middle of your statement to be like, hey, Vancouver, hope you're still good. Like, come on. Like, I hate using this, but just, you know, just have a bit of class. And like, public interest, I hate when writers use the argument for it because it's so subjective. No one knows exactly what public interest is. No one does. Oh, does it matter? Like, and I get they are, like, they're celebrities, they're sports stars. But at the same time, privacy is so important. Especially nowadays, like we've never had less privacy in our lives than we do right now. I just, it just rubs me the wrong way. It really does. I, and like, I feel for JT Miller. I mean, those, they're going to get killed tonight. I'm convinced the Leafs are going to have their way with the Canucks tonight. A, because you know, the Leafs are going to want to rebound from their Winnipeg game and they're going to come out strong. Uh, I don't know. Has it been confirmed that Matthews is back tonight? I don't think so. Not yet. I think, but yeah, what about Nylander? Uh, it's, it's a game time decision. Game time decision. Anyway, you still have Tavares and all them. Like the Leafs are loaded with skit. It's not going to be a problem that. And the Canucks have not, they're not in game shape. Some of them, we know how players are when it comes to playing through injuries, but like some of them, I can't imagine what their conditioning is right now. It's, it's going to be such a bad game for them. Before we move on, um, it, it's not about the the writers. It's about like what the what is the point of having the PA if this is how it's gonna if they, like you know what I mean yeah. like th- this is the second week in a row. I I don't know if you guys heard McDavid's comment from a week or two ago, um, where they they had to reschedule a game uh, because of the Montreal outbreak. Uh, or the case, sorry, not the outbreak, the case. Um, and they did it on the same day as Colby Cave's funeral. Yeah. That was on the same day. Connor McDavid came out. And then two yeah, weeks later, two weeks later, they pulled this stunt. Like, what are they, what is it exactly that they're there for if this is what's going to happen. Like I find it hard to believe, and I don't know this for a fact. I find it hard to believe that the Canucks players concerns were not brought to the PA beforehand. In case people are wondering like what the, you're going on about the, 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 the pro hockey HA, the PA, we mean like the, the national hockey league in this sense, players. So they, their yes. union. Yes. Yes. Their like, union. Uh, I think there's blame to be placed everywhere. I think there's blame, not on the Canucks, sorry. There's blame to be placed on the NHL for doing what they did. Like, I don't know what the thought process here was. And I think there's blame to go towards the PA. 
because that your job is literally to make sure that they are okay. Yeah. In this scenario, are they in, are they in game shape or they don't like, are they even healthy? Are they even remotely close to game shape? If not, why are they playing? It's also what Bo Horvat mentioned as well, where again, it's something that I think a lot of people don't really think about. And I just, I really like that he gave that perspective that, you know, there's so many things going on that you have to separate the athlete from the game. Sometimes you have to think about what he said, his own family, where he's really worried about things because he, he, he knows as much as we do about the variant. Listen, like put yourself in other shoes is, is I think what we should leave this in. Like just, I it's that simple. Um, guys, I have the, Boston game on my TV to my left. And every time like I see something on the corner of my eye, it seems to be a scrum. So that's a juicy game. Hopefully Ovechkin can score. That'd be pretty nice because Ovechkin is currently at 730 career goals after scoring a pair against the Flyers the other day. He's 164 away from Wayne. So I just want to devote some time to like some running some numbers here. And I think it's something like he scored like 16 goals in his past. Like, it's like I'm going to find the tweet from Filipovic quickly. But he's just scoring at this insane number right yeah. now. Um, again, we all think at the beginning of the season that he's gone off and he's slow and he's slowing down. And then it's 16 goals in 20 games. It's, it's, Alexander it's incredible um, what he's, what he's going to do. If I, I mean, I think there's – division between will he do it will he not do it i think either way it's the fact that he's getting this close and considering the first how many games he has missed and how many like the the era that he plays in and is continues to play and like now there's a little more scoring but the start of his career oof um the scoring was not there. the scoring was was not there like league wide i mean um, and he's still this close. Come on. Let me. Um, I like your uh, your tracking of it, Adam. It's uh, it's been really fun to see it. Especially, I don't know. It's maybe just a coincidence too. And you know, if we're gonna go on a lighter topic now, it just when you start when you started tweeting about it, I feel that the goals have been coming for yeah. Ovi, and they've been more impactful. So right now, he's he's thirty five, needs a new deal. If he averages 55 goals for the next three seasons, he'll do it. I don't think he'll do that. Like, I'm just, I like looking at his hockey DB page because it's like 52 goals, 46, 65, 56, 50, 32, and 38, 32 again. What's this? 51, 53, 50, 33, 49, 51, 48 in in the shortened season last year. (laughs) Basically scoring 0.5 goals per game this season. It is. It is something else. Oh. Um, so, sorry, he has to score 35 more goals for how many years? Um, in, in three, I only did it for like in, in the next three years because oh. I'm just going to make it easy on myself. Okay. He needs to average 55 goals oh, in the next three seasons. 55 goals. I mean. Oh, my God. I did not realize that. Okay. I believe. I don't know. I think of. I don't know. If he comes to mind. You know, can I tell you a, f- a random fact? Sure. sure. By the way. You know the Eric Lindros draft that also had uh, 
you know, Scott Niedermeyer, Peter yeah. Forsberg. You know who actually has the most points out of that draft? Who? You, you want to guess? No. Is I, that? I, I have no idea. There's like six Hall of Famers in that draft. I couldn't tell you. Okay. Can you say it? Oh, yeah, because we also needed. He's not a Hall of Famer. Really? Yeah. It's really weird to think about there's someone in that draft that outscored Lindros and Forsberg, but then you realize, yeah, they yeah. basically only had the games played of half a career. It was Ray Whitney. Really? Yeah. Did he I even think... break a thousand points? Uh, let me see that. Wasn't he on Hockey Wives? And like his he dad... was? Oh, I... I don't Ray know why. Whitney. Ray Whitney. He had, yeah, he broke a thousand points. How many goals? Uh, 385. Uh, uh. Uh, he's just one example of someone who was also in his prime or even well into his late 30s, a skilled winger that maybe, I don't know if like, I know Ovechkin's going to have to adjust his game eventually. Like he's not doing those crazy hits like he did before in his 20s, but there's a possibility he could still like, he could, he could, he could pull a, a Ray Whitney, a Patrick Marlowe, maybe. Because like he doesn't like how does Ovechkin score? One time from yeah, yeah from the circle yeah it's not going anywhere like you don't lose your shot like that like his legs aren't going to be a big deal if on the power play you can just the shot is so clearly not slowing down like yeah, that's he's Danny Heatley he's not Danny Heatley yes oh, oh. that's is a preview by the way of my next hockey writers article Danny Heatley yeah <laughs> oh just throwing it in there. Yeah. Ovechkin, though, I I think he can do it. I hope he does it so badly. I like the James Myrtle. I say he so does do it. I. I I I hope he does it. Um, it uh, that'd I, be big. Like I hate Marlow this year, and then like, yeah, this is happening in our lifetime. I know it. I hate looking back on on it like this, but he's missed so many games. It's just so unfortunate. So and not his fault. So no, missed, not his fault. Would have been his rookie year, right? Yeah, because of the lockout. Yeah. So okay, and then the thirteen forty season. Let's say forty eight games. Okay, so let's just say we'll be conservative. His rookie season, he only gets forty goals. Let's be conservative there. Okay, I love that. That's bad for Ovechkin. I know. So let's say he does that. Okay, forty goals, and then let's say in 2012-13, 48 games 32 let's say again he he hits 45 goals that year so let's say that's another uh seven goals we'll round it up to 10 and let's say he's up to 50 then right so 780 goals i have right now so 780 um he was at 48 goals at 68 games played last year so let's say in the last let's give him another four goals Okay, so 784. How many? 784? That would bring him to 784. Okay, 784 goals. Hold on, let me do some. Um, okay, so 890, hold on, 894. Say the, the amount again, please, Alex. 784. 784. Hold on a minute. I somehow ended up in 700,890 Okay, say that one more time. Okay, so with all the additions that we've made, he yeah. would have 784 goals. He would be 110 away right now. That's more. That's a lot more doable. Yeah. Um, I mean, yeah, he's 35, but like you said, like his shot's not really going anywhere anytime soon. And the way he plays the game, you can 
literally have him for two minutes out on the power play stand in one spot. And, and we're lowballing it. We were lowballing it there. He had yeah. 52 goals in his rookie season. His and actual I, yeah. rookie season, right? And I don't see the Capitals regressing like dramatically. Uh, neither do I. Like, like I think they, that Anthony Mantha trade shows they they want to do like this isn't over. And the way they drafted too, it's like it's pretty underrated how they draft. Like Connor McMichael, Hendrix Lapierre, um, yeah. the best name in hockey right now outside of the NHL, Alexander Alexiev. You have to get his jersey, by the way. No offense, but how many of those guys have played NHL games yet? Wasn't Pitt Lapierre just drafted? Um, Connor McMichael, he uh, looks like he if he's gonna be a steal. Uh, yeah, but a real junior hero. Got to play. They need a goalie. What? They have Saptanov. Look at their yeah. Is he good? Look at his and, number. Uh, what's um, the backup goalie? The Czech uh, Vitek Vanacek. Yeah, he was pretty solid. Uh, it's looking. Uh, just, I mean, okay, it's like these are Braden Holtby numbers. And they're still they're okay. Buffalo, yeah. but but like they need okay. Let's whatever, whatever. The cap, they're fun. I don't think no. they're the strongest team in the East. Or no, it's normally the Eastern Conference because I don't know what they're in the East Division this year. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So dumb. Yes. So dumb. Yes, they are. I mean, yeah, they're not 2018 Capitals, but I, I don't know. It's you know when I think they'll be like, okay. Like that team lacks elite talent, like the Capitals. It's because Netsoff's still what 28. Yeah, but like it's like yeah. What helps the Capitals is that Kuznetsov, Kuznetsov plays on a separate line from Backstrom. Oh. These, this team doesn't have the elite talent of Dreisaitl and McDavid. Do you think they grow on trees, people? Do you oh, think first sarcastic. overall pick actually means that they're instantly a superstar? Like, Deline, no. what is that? Svechnikov is well, second overall? No, he's not. Let's wait on Deline. He plays in Buffalo, okay? Yeah, but I mean, still, like, even look at the guys like Svechnikov... Kakinami we're working on, but he's not going to be like a f- like 20,000 point player. No, we don't know that. No. No, never, never give up. No, no, you can. No, no, you have to be fair here. Like, I just hate this thing of this team needs elite talent. Dude, you don't. Players, those, first off, they never are available. That rarely happens. They rarely go to free agency. It's been like, what, Tavares and Chara? Have been Panarin. the two big ones in how Panarin. 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 You sound like um. Panarin wasn't even drafted too. You he sound just like out of nowhere, and the and the and the um the Blackhawks flubbed it. You know when you talk about like the elite talent never being available. Yeah, because it's and not. um like teams want it. You sound like Brian Burke. Because it's true. About the lottery. <laughs> the Penguins are great because they won a lottery and got Sidney Crosby. The, the Oilers won how many lotteries? And they're still not the best team in the division. They're not even close to it. I mean, they no, were lucky 2005. But, Chris Letang was in the third round as well. So that was a steal for them as well. But I think I think that... Malkin was second. They traded up for Marc-Andre Fleury. So that was pretty smart of them. They actually traded the pick. The picks that became Dan Carcillo and Nathan Horton. Along with Mikel Samuelson for uh, Marc-Andre Fleury. So that, that was pretty good on Ray Shiro. Or was that? No, not Ray Shiro. Greg Patrick. 
I think that adds to Daniel's point, though, on how hard it is to get elite talent by them having to draft. Like, look at Tampa Bay. When was the last time? Like, when was the last time they had a lottery pick? And look at how many guys come out of the AHL and are just like, okay, I'm here. Andre Paulette, successful round pick, third round pick, Braden Point, right? Yeah, um, Anthony Sorelli, fourth round pick. Yeah, that's a dumb one. They're dumb in a good way. It's just. I remember I got so mad the Leafs didn't pick him, because like, he he was invited to the World Junior Camp that summer, and I was so sad. Well, who did they get? Renat Valiev, I think, instead. Yeah, sounds right. Renat Valiev, that's the name. Where is he now? I think Montreal traded him to Calgary, and then. Anyway. No, that was Kirby Reichel, right? Oh no, they it, traded both of them to Calgary. It was both. both. Yeah. For and Hunter Shinkarik, one of the best names that I wish panned out in the NHL. Yeah. Another Flames guy that didn't work out. Talk about a team that can't draft the Flames. Um, no, he was um, drafted by a Vancouver. Really? And then they traded him for Marcus Grundland. They're both bad. That's, you know, the Canucks are good at drafting. That's true. Not anymore. Huh? They lost Judd Brackett. That's true. Um, well, you know, then it begs the question, is a team good at drafting or developing? Like, that's the real question, right? Mm. It's... Anyway, that's a discussion for another day. We're going the, on the yeah, okay. One random fact be t- about the development. What? Um, about if you draft or you develop well. And um, I'm just going to leave it here because I know that you're going to think this is a biased thing. But this wasn't a feature by James Myrtle in The Athletic. Okay. And Justin Pogge also compared no. that where he mentioned how the development of what it is now to compare to when he was here, it's just so different. And yeah. What? Trade deadline. I think it was like all the goalie guys, like Martin B. Raw and um, and uh, Jamie um, Jamie McLennan were talking about like I think it was Martin B. Raw was he was showing a clip of Phil Vecchi and scoring on him, and he's like, back in the day, it was it was word of mouth, and I'm thinking like, Ovechkin was drafted in like 06. 04. 04. and I'll say like, yeah, he was he was the opposite year, yeah, 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 but still, I'm like. There was no scouting back then. No, like developing is more important because it doesn't matter how many good prospects you draft. You can have the best one, but again, like Deline's another example. You need to develop them. Like you just don't pull it in. It's like, all right, go play. You know, develop. Development is a hundred times more important. At the, the same time, though, you need to have picks to draft. <laughs> Arizona are bad at drafting mm-hmm. and developing. Cough, cough. I love the Steve Dangle magic beans concept. Yes. Well, the best teams are good, are good at both of them, right? Mm. Right, like Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. The best team, Colorado. I know. I know. There's not a good example, but Columbus with the like. You know when those? I remember when they were kept flubbing on their first round pick, but then suddenly like, oh, what? Who did they get in the sixth round? Can Cam Cam Atkinson? That's Montreal right now. Yeah. <laughs> it's like that's where we're all praying for Cole Caulfield to work out because it's like Tenardi, like Kantian, and then it's like Romanov in the second, Evans in the seventh, Primo's yet to play, but seventh. Nikita Sherback. first and didn't work out. Yeah, Sin Cloud guy. God damn it! Yeah, how's the Texas Stars? Uh, hey, we're, we're going about the Habs, so we can talk about them anyway. Um, sure. They have their most important stretch of the year coming up because they're playing the Flames a ton, and the Flames are nipping on their heels, and everyone has stupidly counted them out. 
Imagine how dumb that is. Like, hey there, we're leaving the bottom to look at the schedule, see the Flames are about to play the Habs five or six times, and we're going to say, hey, the Flames are out of it, even though they're about to have this giant series against the teams they're chasing. How stupid are commentators like that? Like, talk about the commentators' curse. Like, seriously, the game against Friday that Montreal beat Calgary, like, Flames took the first game. They were so lucky. Like, they just so did not deserve it. But to Foley out for the year, they say, shut up, Mike. To Foley, <laughs> to Foley with a pair, he's great. Love it. Gotta love his girlfriend posting pictures of him and his dog with a cupcake. You know, to say it. Man, they need Brennan Gallagher back so badly. Like, like you just need to, like, I think it was um, Ducharme said, we need a bit of Gallagher dust and everyone needs to put in a drink and have some. Yes. Because it's like, man. It's like Space Jam. You ever seen their, what, when they, what, what, I know where you're going, but I can't remember. Um, Michael Jordan's secret stuff. And then people just go around drinking it and they're like, oh, I feel like I keep going. And then (laughs) I, but at the end, Michael was like, this is just water. There's a joke I can't make, but I'm thinking of one, and it's from South Park. Oh. You guys know what I'm thinking. I can't say it for obvious reasons, but look up the Sarcastaball episode. Um, um, God, where are we going with this? Anyway, yeah, um, Brendan Gallagher, their record without him since he was drafted, because he came to Montreal really, really quickly, actually. They just can't win like there's their winning percentage is like at like 0.4 with him it's disgusting or 0.400 because it, it, not just percentages it's like it's like an f1 timer it's like down to the foul it's so dumb but um I, there just seems to be a lack of zest in montreal's play at every single level unless your name is like like the, the young centerman just sort of take turns Jake Allen's been pretty good. Not one, you know, not much else. Like they go up against the Leafs, right? And they have that wicked effort. Yeah. And then they play the Flames a few days later. When Calgary do a, the back half of a back-to-back against the Leafs. And the Habs look like a team that had played and traveled overnight. I don't get it. Just, like, I don't know why there isn't... Like, this is supposed to be the thing of when the young players aren't at their best. Like, the vets need to be taking over here. And they haven't. They have not. I, I, I want Gallagher back so badly, guys. Two things. Sure. Um, their questions. Now, usually I ask what the issue is, but I think the issue is clear. Right. Like... Then I guess like now my question is so how how do you fix it? It's all it's I always you know I I guess there's no you don't have to answer it but if you have an answer go ahead. It's sure. one of those things. It's like how do you fix effort? And I felt like all of last season I was ans- trying to answer that question myself. So I'll give you a shot at answering how do you fix lack of effort? <sighs> okay. Um. <laughs> It is a difficult question because you can look at so many different levels of Montreal season. And I'm sure when we have our guests laying around in the week, I'm sure she'll have something to say about this as well. Um, It's not coaching, clearly, because Julian didn't get it and Ducharme hasn't worked. Is it personnel? I mean, 
can you blame Bergevin for his moves over the summer? Like, I, you can't sit there and say Toffoli is a pro- 20 goals so far in the shortened season, making less than $4.5 million. Come on. Joss Anderson has been playing great. Can you blame him? Like, on pace to score 20 plus goals in the, in the, in the full season? No, you can't blame him. I, I, I don't, this, it, Again, like this is something we said the other day, and I, I, I cannot stand saying this. I hate that I'm about to repeat myself saying it, and it's a saying that Bergevin uses, and I can't stand it. The answer is seriously in the room. Like, how is Shea Weber not like talk about leadership? What the hell is he doing? It should not be down solely to a Brendan Gallagher. No offense, like I love Brendan. He's the most beloved member of this team. Like, like the people in this city love the guy, right? Like, how is it, like, he should be, you should see the way Gallagher plays and you should be inspired to just go and work. At, it's, it's, it, it should be so simple, but it seems, and he's a leader. He has the A. Yeah. It just seems like people aren't doing their parts. Like, at, at some point you get frustrated, Druin, score a damn goal. Like, why is the power play still not able to do anything? Is Eric Snow going to be visible again? I don't have the answer, but it should be. There is no excuse. You look at that roster and you're like, there is no excuse why it should not be firing all cylinders. I saw people in the athletic comment section blaming the young centerman. And I'm like, man, have you seen Kaki Nemi play this season? Are you serious? And then you look at like a Yolar Mia with no hockey sense. And then, like, Dino's been good, but then, like, how he played the first half, how Thomas Tatar can't handle a puck or a one-timer on the power play. Shea Weber can't make a pass in the zone. They can't defend in their own zone. We're relying on, on the third pairing of John Merrill and Alexander Romanov. They hate Brett Kulak for some reason. That's what? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, this is just my own thing because I just think about other teams that have done this where when they talk about the answer being in the locker room, a big, you know, the buzzword we've always mentioned here is accountability. Yeah. And, you know, to use a Alex reference, like, why don't you just go nuts? Like, get nuts. That's nuts. nuts. When the lineup changes, like, you know, Shea Weber, you made another really bad turnover. Okay, you start on the third pairing the next game. Um, That's a good question. Yeah, you know, Corey Perry, you know, you brought us a lot of energy from the bottom lines. You know, let's try something. You know, maybe Jonathan Drew is not working out some here on his lineup. Okay, he goes back on the fourth line. I think, oh, it's, oh, you know, that? it's a crazy, crazy idea, but I've seen it work before. And, you know, as someone that, again, like with the Minnesota, covering the Minnesota Wild, one example right now, Zach Parise is on the fourth line. And because he just was not doing well, he had a lot of mistakes with passes. He wasn't really, you know, being, you know, the uh, smart Zach that we, uh, we we know and love. And he's been stuck on the fourth line ever since. And it's just worked wonders because for the people who are performing, they're getting the most minutes. It's yeah. not about looking at, you know, the name or looking at what did they do previous games? Like, what did you do for me lately? That's a good question. Um, like forward lines, they have tried so many different things. Like they they have and just nothing seems to work. And at some point, maybe you do wish, like, just keep something together. Like, whenever there seems to be, like, a, like some sort of top six change, they, they just get sick of and just throw Kakinemi with, like, a Paul Byron. It's like, man, man, no, just 
keep him with a Toffoli or something and let them keep that sort of um, and just like let them try and grow that chemistry. On defense, I don't quite get why they still are trying Sherrod and Weber. I don't understand why you don't at least try Romanov and Weber. Like, anything. Um, maybe things change when they get to Edmonton and, and Gustafson and Merrill are there. Uh, because right now the current defense is just not working. And maybe that shakeup, I don't know why, if it's this stupid hockey thing of respect for Weber, because he has not been good. Um, the answer is somewhere. Um, I, I, at the end of the day, though, I mean, it's it's on them. Can I give another example? Sorry, Alex, go ahead. No, I was just I know it's a cheesy answer, but I think you're right. Like the answer is in the room. Bergevin made his moves. Most reasonable human beings who cover hockey would have told you that the Montreal Canadiens could very well finish in the top two in this division. So on paper, this works. Um, and we saw it, we've seen spurts of it under Julian, under Ducharme. Like the answer is there. What is what is going on? And I think Daniel makes a good point about changing, like holding people accountable. Like I I, I do I do agree with that idea. Like I don't know what Ducharme has done. You probably you you've obviously explained it in terms of switching the lines up. You, like something's got to change. I, and I don't know. I don't know what it is because Brendan Gallagher being injured shouldn't completely ruin your team. Like it shouldn't be an absolute mess just because you pulled the one guy out. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just been no one to stand in there. Like their answer was like, okay, we'll try talking to me on the wing. I thought he was playing well. there, been there like now, nah, which fair enough. I, you know, you know me, I love strength down the middle. And then they tried Paul Byron up there. And at some point you're just like, and like, we got to talk about it now. They, they, there was a clip of their, they, they didn't even have, like, even have anyone working the left, um, like the left half wall. Like no one on that side of the ice for that. A right-handed one-timer. And he's traveling with the team. Why are we not like, listen, if you put Caulfield in for a few games, that doesn't kill his development. If you yo-yo him, it does, but there is nothing. Zip, zero, pas de chose, zits, nothing. You lose nothing from trying him for a few games. Absolutely nothing. The Laval's not playing right now because like they were supposed to play the Marlies and we all know that. I hope they're all doing well. Like you need goals. You need someone to help on the power play. You don't have anyone working that spot. The only one timers I see being lifted now are like Thomas Tatar and that never works. And they're worried about, cause they only have one recall left, right? Because they wasted them. They're like trying to do their cap shenanigans. And then the deadline, it was like, no, let's just bring in all these defensemen. And now they can't bring in Jake Evans without using an emergency recall because they don't want to waste that last call because they wanted to use it on Cole, but they're not using it. Use it. Like you lose nothing, nothing. And you cannot 
lose 4-0 to Matt Murray in your home building. That is so embarrassing. That was yeah, Eric Angles, like, reading his tweets during the game. <laughs> it's like, he feels it too. First game all season, I've turned off halfway through because I, I, I'm not dealing with this. It's, and I know I talk about playing up and down. It's the Suns. It's Matt Murray. His save percentage is in the eight. Like, what are you doing? Why can't they win at home? It's the Bell Center. It's a good building. You losers. A bunch of you, if you wanted to, can live across the street. Caulfield said his media think that's where he lives. You do. What are you doing? It's hard. You have the best arena in the league, even if there are no fans. Like, dudes, like, there's no excuses anymore. Don't be losers. Just yeah, it, win. You're going to pit away your season, and then it's, this is all going to be for nothing. And then you're going to go into next year with the Bruins, the Leafs, Tampa, and Florida, and you're going to be the third worst team, and you're going to be stuck between those teams and the Sabres in Detroit. That's where you're going to be. And the Senators. Now. And the Senators. Yeah, I forgot about them because they're so crap. <laughs> they're a work in progress. They're- no, I, I think you make a good point about at least trying Caulfield. I, when I first saw he got called up, I'm like, that's interesting. Like, I do think because Laval wasn't playing, you know, having him up with the big club, even though he's just on the taxi squad, it's a good idea. Um, but if this is, if what is happening, like, if it if it's still happening, just try it. You literally, like, what is there to lose? Nothing. What is there to lose? He like, there's injury risk, but there's always going to be injury risk. That's just a lazy. That's kind of a lazy narrative, especially in in this position. Especially um, the depth they've they have, and like you know, even before all these deadline moves, like they were already deep. And yeah, I don't know. Like um, when you mentioned John Merrill and Alex Romanov, it reminded me of Pittsburgh again, where you know. If you have Sidney Crosby, you're going to be okay. You know, yeah. he, he could ride the ship even if Kapanen and uh, Malkin and uh, Jason Zucker are in and out of the lineup. But on that defense, that, 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 you know, those crown jewel pairing that they had last year of, you know, Marcus Pedersen and John Marino, they're struggling and they're technically the third pair right now. You know, the second pair is? What CCN Michael Matheson, yes, they're the ones playing it, and again, accountability because the, they've just they've just stepped up, they've been able to stay consistent when when they're uh fighting off these injuries, when they're fighting off these these lineup changes, and it's just another example where these two guys you committed long term that are entering their prime or are in their prime right now you still hold them accountable by putting them on the third pair because they're just not playing to the standard you acquire them of, especially if that cap hit. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I, I just, I've fallen in love lately with the fact that Romanov and, and Merrill can be a pair. Apparently uh, Merrill's, he can play the right side and they really want to put Romanov on the left. Apparently like, just do it losers. Um, Is it a plus three pairing? Yeah. Great chemistry. Like okay. I, it's it sucks that right now I have to get excited about a third pairing, but like I don't know why I just I get really excited thinking about Marilyn Romanov. Uh, I just I, this is the point we're at. This is we're gonna, <laughs> I want to stop it because we're going to talk about them later in the week. 
I don't even know when they play. Like, I don't even look at the schedule anymore. I just get the notification. Oh, the game's starting soon. Okay. Great. I'm scared now. You're just going to ask Laura. So, Laura, how sad are you about the Habs? That's like the first question. I just <laughs> That's question number one. I, I realized I hadn't shaved in a week, so, like, I was getting a bit of stubble. Mm. I should have just, like, wrestled my hair. Like, <laughs> like Laura, so, like... Yeah, I just shaved this morning. Yeah, I did. I did last night. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Leafs. Um, Yeah, again, they're going to be looking to rebound because that game against the Jets was messy. It was like, you guys know what a trubbish is? No. What's a trubbish? I'm going to find a trubbish quickly to show you guys. Okay. Um, Because it is basically the perfect – Alex, is screen sharing it? Perfect. Okay, so a trubbish is the perfect example – of how that game went. If I can just screen share. Um, Trubbish is a Pokemon. Okay. This is Trubbish. He is the garbage Pokemon. Um, Trubbish is a poison type Pokemon, including generation five. It evolves into Garbodor. I'd say maybe Garbodor. Um, This is Garbodor. If you want to know what exactly we're looking at, um, you should definitely go to the YouTube portion of the show. It's like Clayface. Um, and this is how I would describe that game. It was bad. It was trash. Um, I'm taking the piss now because the Leafs have been good all year, and this is the only time I get, and this is how I'm going to be happier about the fact that it sucked. It was not a good game for the Leafs, and they're going to be looking to rebound against a Canucks team that is in a very, very bad way. Um, and like you said earlier, Alex, Matthews, we don't know, Nylander, day-to-day, or game-time decision, sorry. Um, do we know who's in net? Um, Hutchinson. I will, I will, no, I will not be touching the ice, um, ever again. Not this year. Um, I haven't seen it. Who's starting? I'm assuming it's Jack Campbell at this point. Um, I haven't seen anything else. It might be David Riddick, but who knows at this point? Big save, Dave. That game. He was not big save, Dave, in that game. No, he wasn't. No, I, I, I don't, that other than that one mistake, okay. other yeah. than that one mistake, which was, oh my God, horrendous. That looks like a glitch, like in a game. Yes, yes, it did. <laughs> like, I don't know what Marner was doing. I'm not entirely sure what David Riddick was doing. That, that blow, it blew my mind. Um, Cause Mike reacted to it first because I, for what, I don't even want to go over why he reacted to it first, but, and then I'm like, oh, what happened? And then he's like, watch. I proceeded to watch one of the worst things I've ever seen. Um, oh, you know what? I want to find the clip quickly. Of it. it looks like, you know, okay, like, I, like thinking about the video game glitch thing. It just looks like, you know, in the player model, like one of the moves yeah. is just out of place. It looked like that. It was not fun to watch. That, like, the no question about it, that was very unflattering in, in so many ways. But... I think the rest of the game was just kind of meh. A lot like, of catch up, yeah. It, it wasn't a good game from the team, just in general, which I guess is it, it's okay because this this hasn't happened before this season, mm. I don't think. I think the only exception would be the second game of the season, but I I kind of removed that one because it's a weird season. Lim- not yeah. a, There wasn't much of a training camp. Uh, it felt like they were still trying to get to game into game shape at that point. I thought the what happened a couple nights ago is probably 
the first time all season where it's been like that. Like we're yeah. been that bad. Again, like too, when you mentioned this game or, you know, when they're still adjusting in the second game where they didn't really have, um, you know, an authentic training camp. I think like there's these flibs that have been happening, but I think the big difference here is, and especially which has been great in a shortened season is that the Leafs have been able to come back from these. They've been able to kind of rally when these type of uh, things happen because, you know, in the past there are these things where they're elongated in a way, like for example, you know, the Frederick Anderson, like bad streaks with things, I think, you know, with him being injured and everything, but like they, they, they've adjusted to it. Like they just didn't stay with the Michael Hutchinson. Mm-hmm. Um, before we end the episode, remind me that I actually want to talk about LTIR because it was mentioned on headlines. I forgot to put it down on the show. Okay. Um, okay, Adam, so- what? Remember about LTIR. Okay. So, ask, <laughs> what's worse that goal the David Riddish, Mitch Marner stuff, or this goal against Colorado, December 4th at the line, confusion with Riley and Spezza, Valerie and the Kushka. I just want to like, I love this goal for so many reasons. So Morgan Riley's there, Spezza's there going through the legs. It's a complete tie up. And then the Kushkin goes the other way. We don't need to watch. It was, it was the David Riddick one. It was the David Riddick one. That was the worst one. Okay. That's good. Okay. uh, Yeah. You remind well, me of I like do expect a bounce back tonight. Bro. You know, um, that thing where uh, the guy just puts the tape on the hole, kind of thing. It's like that's the solution. I feel like yes. I, I don't know. It reminds me of David Rick where it just the Wait, key what to, type of tape. What type of tape? Because there are certain types. Oh, of that's tape. true. I always see the commercial. I see the I gorilla the one. Name. I don't know the gorilla tape, and you just slap it. You on just slap it on. <laughs> yeah, I think it's kind of like that. It's like you know, how do I stop this fast break? You just said like a band aid on a leaky pipe. Yeah, it's like let me paddle it away. Paddle? Like what? paddle away the um like the fast break. What? Like he has a pa- like the stick is his paddle. Okay. You know when you're I get you know it. when you're in a canoe? Yes. Yeah. It. Yeah, it looked like that. He looked like I get it. I get it. You get it? It's good that you get it. I didn't get okay. it. <laughs> I needed clarification there. It, it's just it doesn't it's so unfortunate that's what happened yeah <laughs> it really sucks it was a j-stroke he was trying to turn around I said, what it was very confusing I what remember. he was trying to do i don't know what he was trying to do um when he tried when he tried to when he was supposed to pizza he french fried okay. and he had a bad time okay okay, that's okay. A good one. you got it that's a good one that's a good one okay it was ugly okay south park's a great show if that's if that show started airing today, it wouldn't make it past like the no, second episode. I mean, even like the first season of The Office, I, I watched it back. Oh no, it, no, no, not shows, at all. It would most never. Most shows would never yeah. move past episode five. Be canceled, probably. I uh, okay. Um, I was looking at they were rejecting those lines of Felino in that right. Oh, yeah, and I saw that fourth line. What was it? Um, was it? Sp- Betsa, Thornton, and Simmons. Oh my God. I sent that to Mike yesterday. Yeah. Top nine's like, all right, I got something. And then you see the fourth line, you're like, so you so you beat the least by targeting the fourth line, basically. Oh my God. That ha- that would have to be the oldest line. Like, what are hockey. you doing? Like, what was that about? That's like, you know, let's like Yager, like New Jersey Day level of age, right? <laughs> I love Joe Thornton. I love Joe Thornton, what he brings to this team. Um, but I, 
I think there was mistakes playing this guy so high up the lineup for that long. Maybe, like I crazy to say, take him out and like give Sumela a chance or something. Anybody, you like anybody, give him load management. Yeah, like that might just have to be the approach that the team takes up until the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Especially him and Spezza, I wouldn't mind that at all. You have the cushion, just do it. Like honestly, at this point. You you also have guys who are more than capable of coming in for a game or two. I was listening to somebody talk about the Leafs can, with this chance, see what they have for their depth. And I was thinking, haven't they been experimenting with the bottom six all year? Like, if you yeah. don't know what you have now, uh, what? That's your fault. Like, no, they. Uh, I don't. I don't. Yeah, I don't agree with that. I think they've definitely. They know what their depth is. That's why they – why would they make the moves they made if they didn't know what their depth was? Yeah, I, I, I get short the season, but we're at 40 games now. I mean, that's that's a lot of games. That's a lot of hockey. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it's it's not like, hey there, guys. Barabanov, man. If only we still had – he would have been the – like, no. No. It doesn't matter. Miko Lettinen should have been the answer. Miko Lettinen is the answer to the power play woes. <laughs> I still don't get how the hell that's not working. Just uh, Neither do I. It, it is bizarre. Bizarre to me that we... I, the, the, when Nylander and Matthews come back, if they, are, if they do not... If they do not load up the first power play unit, I, I don't know what I'm what my reaction is going to be like like I don't want to I don't want to turn around on Manny Maholtra because I think what he's done like clearly the power play has worked under Manny Maholtra I don't know what's happened but I will always be shocked that the Washington Capitals power play which should be like the benchmark right (laughs) like it's been top of the league forever now and it's quite simple when you think about it. Like, Oshie's bumper, Kuznetsov's far side, Ovechkin's got the circle, Carlson works the point, you have the two, one, even if, like, some of the best goals, like, we always know Ovechkin's going to, but, like, you always got to watch, like, the short-distance saucer to Oshie, that, that Backstrom send sometimes it's beautiful stuff like yeah. man like, like the fact they have Oshi like everyone talks about Carlson Ovechkin Oshi being right there isn't and by the way Manta has scored in like five straight games wow well and you know what you know what's gonna happen he'll be invisible for the next five exactly it's weird. Uh, <laughs> really weird like it was, it was nice while it lasted like at some point like you leave Matthews out there for two minutes you basically yeah. like do the reverse. You got the offensive defense instead of Carlson. You have Riley. Yeah. The left-handed Matthews is the lefty instead of like just kind of copy the Caps power play, and you should figure it out. Like I would love to see, like who normally works front of the net bumper spot for the Leafs on the power play? Is it Nylander or like Tavares? Wayne Simmons. Recently. Wayne. Okay. Why is that? Like I don't know. Guys. Like. Great guy. You so know, I, I asked Mike. I asked Mike, I'm like, what is going on? And he's like, well, first off, Wayne Simmons is so close to the goalie. So that's why Wayne, I don't know why, but he is really close to the goalie. It, I'm not a genius, but maybe Tavares and Nylander, who are wicked in front of net tight end players, probably. No, like- no, not William Nylander, apparently. Okay. He does. He's not. I'm just joking. 
Like, like, choose your shots too much. (laughs) It's still not hard. I think last uh, yesterday in practice when they were doing PP, um, Nylander was net front. There you go. It's not that hard, Daniel. Stop laughing. Okay. Okay, We're just we're twelve years old. I know. I know. Sometimes. Sometimes. Guys. Yes. Apparently the league are getting a bit or teams have been complaining about the use of LTIR in the breath of I feel like teams are finally sick of the Robbie.island. Uh most recently Kucherov. Uh Steven Stamkos is on LTIR all of a sudden. Um even Aaron, if they yeah. rather have those players, there is still strength within Tampa's lineup. Um listen. I hate LTIR um, because it is the necessary evil to just sort of mess with the cap. Um, Though maybe if you don't want people kind of cheating, make a better cap system. Because the hard cap is just the worst thing that's ever happened to hockey. I think this would be a trend. Like I I remember, and I've mentioned it so many times, uh, when Blackhawks got chemo teaming in. Yes. Um, they couldn't technically afford him for the players they had, but they put Patrick Kane on LTIR and then he one. came back for the playoffs. Yeah. Magically. Yeah. Magically. Here's Patrick Kane, hundred percent for game one. CJ said last night, 17 teams are using LTIR. Yeah. 17 teams. <laughs> like maybe your number one, your system sucks and maybe you have no revenue. Like the, <laughs> Remember, the cap's not going up anytime soon. This is no. this is never ending, by the way. This LTIR never. Here, here's the issue. Here is is and like hard cap, I can like you with like no money be at all because of COVID and no fans in the stands. Um, and we've gotten some, but like when are we going to be at max capacity again for all thirty soon to be thirty two arenas? It's not going to be for a while now. Um, the fact that you're getting rid of the only way for teams to actually improve because of how screwed the cap is, as opposed to money in, money out, which we have clearly seen was not working at the deadline. That's why we had to start using the the Iserman buffer team system here. Like, why are we looking down on this now? Like, it's such a – it's either – like, rework the cap because it's terrible and parity is such an issue or – shut up about it and let it happen because it's not like this hasn't been happening for years already. Again, since like the Blackhawks, I'm sure there's examples behind that. No one was complaining when you helped out the Kings with all of their cap stuff. Mm-hmm. Rob Scuderi, anyone? <laughs> Rob Scuderi? My, uh, anyway, you know what I mean? Like the Scuderi yeah. Richard stuff. Like, come on. Yeah, oh, like, yeah. Yeah, Mike Richards. If, um, that, was, that was weird. That was, yeah. My guess is there are a couple teams, the ones who have absolutely no money and the ones who Gary Bettman really wants to survive. You know who I'm talking about. Um, made a call and said, I don't like this. This is bad. And then Gary Bettman said, okay, okay, because I really like you, I'm going to send everyone else a little note. Like, I don't know why <clears throat> we're complaining about it. Maybe it's our big market bias because all the three of us are fans of Toronto and Montreal who are the biggest markets in the league behind New York. Um, but 
I'm sorry, like teams have to f- clearly the way this is set up, teams have to find advantages to either bring players in number one and number two succeed Mm -hmm. like there's reasons team like when you saw that sebastian aho offer sheet and bergevin front loaded that deal he did that on purpose Mm -hmm. like god um do you guys in front of you have your playoff predictions by any chance uh not in front of me i can find them Okay, Daniel. Okay, uh, I'm finding him as well. So I, I think we would. It would be really fun to just quickly look at who we had, and just kind of look how the season is shaping up and how it's looking down the stretch. Um, ooh, nice goal, the Bruins. David Krejci. The Bruins are winning. So, for example, in the North Division, I had Montreal, Toronto. It's really funny looking at this, and I have under Winnipeg, I'm like Patrick Laine. And under Calgary, I'm like, Jacob Markstrom. And uh, we all know how that goes. I have Calgary, Winnipeg, Toronto, and Montreal. Um, I I got wrong on the Edmonton teams, unfortunately. Um, In the Eastern Conference – I hate this so much. Eastern Division. Yeah, I had – oh, yeah, I forgot I had Buffalo because I was being dumb. Uh, Pittsburgh, there we go. I had Philly. Oh, no. Carter Hart, how could you? And Washington. The Central, I had Tampa, Carolina. I didn't believe in the Panthers, so I had Dallas. And I had Nashville, who are coming through. you love to see it. They are currently in fourth, two points ahead of the Blackhawks, but they have a game in hand. And in the West, I had San Jose, which is not impossible, but looking unlikely. (laughs) I had St. Louis, who are still in it. They're a point back with two games in hand over Arizona. And then, of course, I had Vegas and Colorado. I had Carol, um, Colorado ahead. They are ahead by two points right now. Mm-hmm. I'm, pre- I'm pretty sure we had the exact same. Oh, I had uh, the weird ones, yeah. Lists, except the only difference is I had Toronto, Montreal. Uh, oh, sorry. I had, yeah, Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, Calgary. You also had Florida, I think. You were right on that. Oh, yes, I did. I did have Florida. I think you want me to go? Yeah. Because okay, your, so your, your West division is really fun. Yeah. So my North one was Toronto, Montreal. Um, what is it? Va- yeah, Vancouver and Edmonton. You had Vancouver making it? Yeah, Vancouver making it. Because I don't know. I just... Did we rib you for that? Probably. I, probably. Oh, yeah. um, okay. Uh, I'll, I'll keep the West division. Last because that one's yeah. a funny one. Yep. Um, East Division, I had Capitals. Good. Uh, I had, yeah, Capitals, Pittsburgh, Islanders, and the Devils. Why do you have the Devils? I don't know. I banked on potential. I do that in all my Blackwood fantasy leagues. Because yeah. the Mackenzie Blackwood effect. Okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. If I, oh my God. Yeah. If I told you that. The New Jersey Devils are 500 at 500 away, but they are 416 and three for at <laughs> what crazy. didn't they have like a nine game winless streak? Yeah, oh my it's God. been bad there. Um, um my central was the Lightning, yeah. Hurricanes, Panthers, and Blue Jackets. Oh, I'm sorry, Daniel. 
You got it wrong on the Jackets. You're nearly perfect there. Okay, and the West Division. The West was Vegas, Colorado, Division? Minnesota, and Anaheim. Minnesota are in it, technically. Yeah. Whoa, I didn't even, What the hell? They're 12 points ahead of, of the Coyote. What happened? <laughs> yeah, they're... Uh, the Wild are... Oh my God. They're, they're 27-13-3? Right yeah, they've only lost, I think, once at home. What? They're they're good. Yeah, they're really also good. remember accountability thing. Like, because remember for so long we talked about Ryan Suter and like Zach Parise being the cornerstone of that team. They're just banking yeah. on that. It's changed so much that like they're actually using all of their top young guys who are developing. It's like, oh, Joe Erickson Eck, he could actually be like a solid second line center, like you know, bordering first line center. Maybe if like you know you don't put him on the fourth line. It'll show. Showing to a player's strength instead of their weaknesses. What a surprise. Um, and then you have the Ducks, who are dead last in the division <laughs> at 35 points. That's <laughs> the, I wonder in, I haven't looked at the overall standings all year because I just don't care. They don't But really I want to see who, just for the, for the lottery, right? Yeah. I want to see how everyone's doing. The Sabres are in last. They're five points behind the Sens, but they've been hot lately, eh? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, they're um, five, three, and one in their last ten. That's better after like eighteen straight losses. Uh, yeah, the Sens in New Jersey are at thirty-four points. Uh, the Devils do have two games in hand over the Ducks, who are fourth class of thirty-five. Um, the Canucks not looking amazing. They're um, fifth, but you know they've got lots of games in hand. Um, nine over Detroit, so that's pretty good. I don't know how many more they're going to win, unfortunately. I think that's everything. Um, who's your MVP this way through the season, guys? Uh, Connor McDavid. That's good. Daniel? Alex Barkov. That, um, that's a good show. Yeah. Um, Except Connor McDavid has 71 points. What the hell? Um, yeah, I'm going Connor as well. Um, okay, who's going to win the cup? Biased or unbiased? Uh, yeah, I'm biased. Of Tampa course, I'm, I'm going to say Montreal. You're also Toronto. <laughs> I'm biased. Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay. Okay, Daniel. Um, Colorado, Minnesota. <laughs> I'm going Colorado as well. I'm not getting off that train. I've liked them before it was cool. Philip Grubauer has emerged. What do you mean? They were always cool. You know, they just no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. <laughs> no, they were not. They were always no, they cool. Were hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had faith when they finished last. All right. I, they've been my second team since I was a kid. Don't even. I have a yeah, joke. What do you mean, don't even? Yeah, I have a joke second. Jersey. Don't play with me. I have his signature. That's great. <laughs> but that's the thing it's like for every loss you still see a glimpse of Patrick Waugh Adam Foote Milan Hayduk Alex Tange Peter Forsberg I, I stretched to put Hayduk there forget about Tange what he's former captain yeah so what yeah well, and yeah and Joe was the real one I'm not <laughs> having to follow Joe Sackick as captain I mean Adam Foote actually followed uh, Should be Joe Sackick then it was Milan Hayduk but Adam Foot's good or was good. Neil Hiddick was good. He had uh, he made the All Star game. Yeah, thousand points. I think so. What he was good, but he was never the guy. He's the Chris Bosh of the Colorado Avalanche. Well, on the Raptors, are Miami. <laughs> what? On the Raptors, the Raptors are my, on the Raptors are the Miami. Raptors. Yeah. What are you saying? <laughs> 
Yeah, you know, Raptors. Not Andre the- Bargnani was the guy. You're right, and what then it was Chris Bosh. Don't even talk about Andre Bargnani. Okay. Did LeBron win three with Miami? He won two. He won two. Who was it? It was was it him, Wade, and Bosh? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that when I was a kid. You know mm. what I don't remember? Whoever won the cup those years. Really? What? What, what years were they? Let's see if I can like turn. 2012. Oh, it was like okay, so the Kings. It was the Kings. Twenty thirteen. It, it was uh, the Blackhawks. It was either Bruins, Kings, Blackhawks, or Penguins. You got four yeah. options. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. So two thousand nine, Detroit. Before two thousand nine, I can't tell you. Uh, so two thousand eight. No, two thousand nine was Pittsburgh. Two thousand eight was Detroit. Two thousand seven okay. was the Ducks. Before two thousand eight, I can't tell you. Okay. Well, what is that? Detroit, Pittsburgh, Chicago, Boston. Mm-hmm. Yeah. LA, LA, Chicago, Chicago. LA, LA, Chicago, <laughs> Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, Washington, St. Louis, Tampa, Montreal. Yeah. Okay. No, yeah, and you agree. Yeah, there you go. Daniel <laughs> predicts the Montreal Canadiens will win the 2021 Stanley Cup. Thank you for watching this episode. It was a good one. We enjoyed making it as much as you probably did listening to it. Um, we have a TikTok now. That's pretty oh, good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Hello, fellow kids. We've joined the cool kids game. <laughs> yeah. We're now cool. We only wear our hats backwards now. Do if we? we had hats. Oh, that's true. Okay, there it is. There's the hat. There's I don't a backwards have a hat. hat. I don't have a hat around here, unfortunately. Voice said, thank you as always for being a fantastic platform for the show. Check out the YouTube to see all our beautiful faces. Um, check out our own social medias, the show's Twitter, the Facebook. We never forget about the Facebook, except we always forget about the Facebook. We posted on the Facebook. <laughs> Uh, I think so. I don't know why, but people are still liking it. Thanks, guys, whoever is liking it. Check the Twitter. Uh, my YouTube channel, Alex's blog, Daniel stuff for the Hockey Riders. And um, guest this weekend, this week, Wednesday. It will be Laura Coopers from... Oh, uh, I was going to say who it was, Daniel. Oh, I'm sorry, but yeah. Too no, no, go ahead. Amazing writer. Amazing writer. Amazing writer. Wait, start explaining. Go ahead. Start yeah, explaining. No, go, go ahead. Recently. Yeah, yeah Laura's amazing. Yeah. yeah, Laura's an amazing writer. Um, I worked with her at the Risonian. Got some work done for the hockey news. She knows a lot of sports. F1, golf, hockey. She knows amazing. golf, eh? Yeah. I'm going to ask her about Dustin Johnson. I'm disappointed in him. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ask about Mike Weir. Don't know who that is. Don't have any golf questions. Okay. Formula One, I'll have lots. Yeah. Awesome. But everything? Right. I think yeah. so. Thanks, guys. Bye.